Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Riverdale Recap Podcast. Today, we'll be talking about the sixth episode of Riverdale Season 1, Faster Pussycats Kill Kill. I'm Mary Kwiatkowski, and I'm joined, as always, by the wonderful Kirsten McKinnis. Kirsten, how are you doing today? I am doing great. I'm so excited to be here. I actually really enjoyed this episode of Riverdale, and uh, yeah, it's always good on a, on a Tuesday night hang out with, uh, with my girlfriends. Yes, spoilers, we have <laughs> absolutely no system in terms of when we record these episodes. It's a different day this every week. Second Tuesday in a row, it feels like a routine. <laughs> okay. We are also joined by my other spectacular friend, Hannah Elam. Hannah, how's it going? It's going good. I don't know if I enjoyed this episode quite as much as Kirsten, but I do enjoy that looking at the differences between season three and season one, I think it's nice going back and watching these because we do have some nice little tie-ins, although we won't talk about those now, but uh, just for the spoiler section, I think it's, it's interesting. Yeah, the episode as a whole wasn't my favorite but I definitely have the most notes in my spoiler section than I have so far this season. So how, how many pages are your notes for this episode? <laughs> oh, a page count. Uh, seven. Oh my goodness. Like. Okay. Okay. So a decent amount. But guys, guys, I found someone that I hate in Riverdale more than Archie Andrews. <laughs> Who? It's Miles. He's terrible. Miles is the worst person in the whole world. Yeah. He makes our beautiful, happy little Josie cry, which I hate. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, okay, but you know what? I'm just glad to remember she has a dad because I had totally forgotten he existed. <laughs> yeah. Great. Great. Yeah, no. You have to have dads in Riverdale because if you don't have dads, how can you have daddy issues? <laughs> well, and here's the thing. Just before we talk about anything, today in this episode, we have Veronica complaining about her daddy issues. And then when Josie talks about her daddy issues, Veronica's like, sorry, you have daddy issues. And I'm like, excuse me, miss. Um, pot, meat, kettle. She has more mom issues, though. Or like, that's where it's stemming from. I mean, certainly her well, father has, has issues. she has mom issues. But she's got the daddy issue of him being gone. Yeah. I haven't seen him in three months. Get over it, Veronica. My dad's in the military. Sometimes you don't see them for a while and you ought to grow up. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> I, I, you know, Veronica really, she kind of, she makes everything about her. It's like every conversation is, oh, you have this problem. Well, it's not as bad as my dad being in jail. Right. Oh, your brother died. Well, my dad's in jail. It's the same thing. It's like, it's, it's not like the same him. thing. It's weird how your dad did illegal stuff and then went to jail. And uh, we don't know what the other people did, so. Sorry. Yeah, rough. But anyway, this episode started with, can you guess it? A Jughead voiceover. Ooh, everybody cheer. (sighs) (sighs) I won't. I'm not doing it. Okay, so <laughs> if you if you ever listen to our, my revenge podcast, which I also do here on Kowski Cast with my sister Laura, we start off every episode with like the opening narration speech, and usually each episode begins and ends with the narration. You might be noticing that I do the Jughead voiceover just in the beginning. There's usually a Jughead voiceover in the end, but I kind of ignore that part because I get tired of taking notes at that point. In the beginning, I'm all psyched to take notes, and I feel like the Jughead voiceover is just not special at the end of the 
the episode. It's- well, in Revenge, the voiceover is always like highlighting the theme of the episode and highlighting usually the title. The Jughead one kind of does that, but it's usually like, oh, hey, remember Jason died? It's affecting people. That's kind of like a summary of all the Jughead voiceovers. No, I feel like both of the, at least in this episode, so the, the beginning one talks about fear and then he also talks about fear in the closing one. So he tends to have the same theme in the voiceovers and we just kind of see how it's changed throughout the episode i don't i mean i don't think they're super great either but i think that the scene i think this is a i think this is a rare example of when that happens that's fair that's the reason i mentioned it is because it, it i noticed that he did tie in fear in the beginning and the end and so in this voiceover we get the scene of betty and her sister and betty is afraid and polly's like sorry i can't stay with you mom and dad said no and i'm like well first of all they should just be thankful that she doesn't want to go into their room she's not even bothering them and second of all that nightlight is nightmare inducing i was most afraid of that night nightlight than i was of anything else in this entire episode yeah i really didn't like it so yeah yeah jughead's talking about fear he says fear it's the most basic the most human emotion as kids we're afraid of everything the dark the boogeyman under the bed how we pray for morning for those monsters to go away though they never do not really just ask jason blossom i would like to see if any of his voiceovers do not include the words jason and blossom um i would like to see that jason blossom was murdered by the boogeyman case closed it's done (laughs) We solved the crime. Can someone explain to me, like, who exactly is the boogeyman? Because I don't care, like, how many movies are made about that. Um, I'm still picturing a dude covered in boogers. Well, here's (laughs) the thing. You cannot tell me that the boogeyman is anything other than Oogie Boogie from Nightmare Before Christmas. That's exactly what I So I picture a giant cloth starfish monster full of bugs. Um, and that is the only boogeyman that I will respect. Yeah. There's also the Don't Look Under the Bed from Disney, which I... <gasps> I was about yes. to mention that. I was about to mention that. I was going to say, the, the only thing I could think of is the Disney movie, the Disney Channel original movie. Which was pretty creepy, uh, but also very enjoyable as a child. I've never seen that one. I uh, was watching the other Disney Channel original movies. Okay, wait. Now, for, refresh my memory. Is that the same one where someone dives into a pool and it turns to jello? I don't remember. Okay, well... Oh, wait, hold on. If someone filled the pool with jello... Wait a second. Pool with... It probably was. Don't look under the bed. Yes. Someone dives into a pool and it fills with jello and it's really scary. Okay, that was the end of that. That actually does sound so terrifying. <laughs> yeah, it terrified me for a long time. Like, you would not be able to breathe. That is murder. Yeah, so after this voiceover, though, you know, we kind of have this big plot line of the variety show, which includes Archie, Veronica, Josie, and Valerie. Um, and we kind of begin with Archie's audition for it. And he does choke. And did the he sees the football team wearing the werewolf mask and he's looking through his trunk and he sees the werewolf mask. Was that something that was in the last episode? I don't remember this werewolf mask. I, I don't know. It, I, it I've was, never it seen it It was literally like just something that tied in with Jughead's right. voiceover of Fear. like, oh, you fear things like Archie apparently feared this werewolf mask and oh look he's hallucinating that all of the dudes in the gym are right I don't know and I just like stage fright is a real thing and I don't really understand why they had to add this like other element to it because it's just stupid like people get stage fright for a variety of reasons but what I loved about this scene is Veronica's like 
what's happening? And Josie's like, he's choking. And she like leans in. She's so she's excited so that happy. he's choking. Yeah, that was She's very so weird. stoked. And I was like, honestly, I was standing Josie in that uh. moment. Because it's like, I think it's just a representation of like, Archie has come into music. He has no formal training, really. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's not that good. And all of a sudden, he's just taken seriously. Whereas Josie has been working hard for so long. And so to see someone just like brought up in front of her like this has got to be frustrating. So I feel like I could really connect with her of being like, yeah, he's choking because he doesn't have the training. He doesn't know how to do this. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I agree with that. But I also think that like, I don't understand why Archie is so afraid. More importantly, I don't understand why there's all these people in the gym like mocking him aren't aren't these his teammates from football isn't Archie supposed to be like super cool like why this is not high school musical we live in like a post glee world I don't understand well I think it's also he chose like he chose music over the team right like they maybe wanted him as their captain but now he's like deciding to pursue music and then he's not even able to do that so they're like ooh boo come be our friend I don't know well that's actually an interesting point because he in the last episode kind of hands Reggie the captain position and now Reggie's the one making fun of him which is weird because the reason that he let him be captain is because he also wanted to focus on music so it, it is interesting that he's just now going back on that and making fun of him maybe it's just for appearances but I thought that point was well and and that's the weird thing about Riverdale too is because Reggie just goes back and forth between being part of the gang and like their enemy and it's like Riverdale CW can you please figure out his role in this group of people like the dynamic cannot be this complex this is definitely a thing we see not just in uh, with Reggie or this season but like there's so many characters who I still insist are are kind of just whoever the show writers need them to be at that point sometimes they're good guys sometimes they're bad guys sometimes they're causing conflict sometimes they're not I, you see this with Hermione and Cheryl and several other people it's very annoying like some consistency is all I want I'm gonna get issues if I don't get some consistency okay <laughs> <laughs> so Veronica though she basically forces Kevin who is emceeing the show to allow Archie in even though he didn't even audition and just like ran away uh I yeah. think that's kind of funny well and I was frustrated with that too because Veronica's like well you've heard Archie sing before but none of these people have ever heard Archie sing live they've only heard recordings so there's absolutely no evidence that he's going to be able to come up and do a live performance well there's nothing there's nothing to indicate this is real and he choked and the one opportunity he had to show that he could do it yes except at the same time I like don't understand why this is a big deal it's like a a variety show how many acts could there possibly be like okay you have him even if he bombs who cares well yeah if he bombs that's his problem it's not like it's not like anything is riding on kevin to make sure he does well well yeah but it is the 75th annual Um, so this is a major tradition in riverdale's town oh my gosh 75th (laughs) that's just i'm pretty sure 75 years ago people were too busy tending to the maple syrup (laughs) forest of pine trees to uh to be making music or doing a variety show. What was a variety show? Who can tap a maple tree the fastest? Come on. Yeah, and whoever lost uh, had to be murdered by the Blossoms because they just, they ah. Riverdale couldn't handle that type of blasphemy. Yeah, definitely. They do not need that kind of negativity yeah. in their life, so they murder it. <laughs> uh. 
Uh, the only other thing important that happens there is that Veronica volunteers to sing with Archie because he's afraid and he needs a teammate. So, Well, and mm. what I feel like, too, is in this episode especially is it seems like Veronica has a little bit of a crush on Archie. Like, last episode we had her being like, I had my seven minutes in heaven and, like, being kind of bitter towards Valerie. But in this one, it seems like, okay, she genuinely wants to help Archie. She maybe has a crush on him. And she's like, I'll sing with you like don't worry like I really can sing and Archie's just like okay cool you'll do me a favor but it's like no she wants like that moment with him yeah who doesn't want their moment on stage with uh, the ginger Timberlake huh. ginger lake <laughs> um, I'm sorry I will be referring to him as ginger Judas yes. until the rest of time <laughs> and, and it's so funny because Veronica's the same person who brought up ginger Justin Timberlake so she just likes pointing out the fact that he's a ginger and bringing in major characters but uh she but then we see the Pussycats practice and Josie is just like super mean to Valerie and I'm not here for it because I like Josie and I stand her, but I, I, you know, I think that you need some, some girl on girl love here, not girl on girl hate. And it's like, I, I do like the fact that Josie has that opinion of like, you need to give it 150% wherever you are. I think that's good. That's good for showmanship. But I, I don't like the fact that she doesn't let Val sing and like is clearly undervaluing her spot on the team. Well, I also feel like Valerie immediately escalates the situation as well, which like it's not Valerie's fault. Josie definitely starts it by being kind of loco, but Valerie doesn't help things. Like I feel like when someone's coming at you like that, even when you want to snap back, you need to like reel yourself back in because that way you can actually like diffuse the situation. But instead, she just got fired up and she's like, this doesn't happen when I'm working with Archie. Josie's like, uh, when do you work with Archie and Val's like will you like write music and sing together whatever and it's like well yeah no shit you don't have this with Archie because Archie doesn't know anything to even give you instructions and then Val quits the pussycats yeah and uh I mean can you really call it Josie and the pussycats if there's only one pussycat it's like Josie and the the pussycat And that's depressing. <laughs> it is really depressing. And so Archie is still just like not even sure if he wants to do this show or whatever. But I guess he feels better now that now that Veronica is singing with him. And Fred goes ahead and buys tickets for all the guys at work to see the show, which I just think is hilarious. Especially because this whole episode's about like how Fred has kind of money issues, but he has enough money to buy all these tickets. All right, whatever. Well, and that is why the poor. <laughs> stay poor and the rich stay rich <laughs> yeah um because he's such a nice guy he also tells Archie that he might start dating Hermione and Archie's like all for it which okay I guess Archie's just like yeah me and my dad we're gonna we're gonna start dating girls and it's gonna be great so they have that bond but whatever and then Gross. Josie Josie tells her mom that Val quit and gosh it means like I hate Miles in this episode but you know Mayor McCoy is a little intense too with the whole like don't disappoint us like make sure you find someone who's also super skinny and beautiful like I, she's kind of intense well, and what I liked about this scene though was that Josie's like Val quit and she's like a huge part of this she's very like she's irreplaceable her songwriting is incredible her like melody is incredible and it's like well, why could you have said this to Val, to Val? <laughs> like, yeah but it's like I did like that because at least she's like recognizing that she was in the wrong and she popped off and she shouldn't have and so I do like that self-awareness well and Val too realizes after Archie brings up the fact 
fact that Miles is in town that this is probably why Josie was acting so insane because it seems like there's a lot of pressure being put on Josie by not only her father who's in the music industry but also her mother to have this really good image and staying away from pop and other things so she wants things to be perfect but then is taking it out on other people and not necessarily expressing her feelings truly or expressing her feelings to the best of her ability which also makes sense for a high schooler because I don't think that all of us were emotionally aware as much as we are now as we were in high school I don't know what you're talking about I've always been 100% emotionally aware I can't believe I can't believe you would insinuate that I would ever not I apologize I was not very emotionally aware (laughs) oh my god no I I still I I feel like it's only recently that I've actually like really become like aware of my emotions and how they impact others and how to reel myself in and I'm friggin' in million years old (laughs) we also find out that like Miles is canceling two concert dates to come see this show and mom's like yeah he's canceling these what what, is he in a band is he like gonna go watch a band because for some reason when I heard it the first time I was like oh he has to go like not watch jazz for two days I didn't I couldn't but like if you're in a band how do you cancel a concert well and that's the impression that I got is that he is part of a jazz ensemble and that they're maybe not the most financially successful band based on the dinner that they have later in the episode um the other thing too is like Valerie obviously knows Josie so well that she's like oh Miles is coming and everything clicks into place this has probably happened a million times before yeah but if it's happened a million times before maybe don't quit the band the second Josie starts acting a little I don't know yeah, but before she didn't have other yep, options. Exactly. The grass is always greener. I've been doing this stuff with Archie and it's going better for me. At least I think it is. And we see later that, you know, Archie and Valor are practicing and Archie does a guitar riff and does his own little solo. If you if you watch with captions, it does say guitar solo. And this makes Valerie mad. Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> this makes Valerie mad. I'm sorry, that's a guitar solo? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, someone describe my face right now. <laughs> What's happening? Uh, eyebrows very high on her head, rubbing her temples. Oh my God. Doesn't understand how Archie even is in this show. We don't know, but he's here. No. Yeah, and then it's so sad because like Veronica walks in and she's like, "Oh, you replaced me with Valerie," and she's really upset because she's taking out her anger on Archie. But I just love she storms into the Pussycats uh, or Josie's like practice, and she's like, "I've got a lot of aggression that needs to be channeled." into something positive i just love the way veronica <laughs> speaks so i i really appreciated that but and then they they strut down the hall like it's mean girls which i was i was okay with was and fun. they had like little cheetah cat ears instead that have like normally a cat ear headband doesn't have like the pink like inner ear section yeah but those ones did and they were super cute and honestly i think the three of us should get those cat ears to wear okay we can yes. just wear those and our Southside serpent jackets together honestly a look i'm yeah. here for it <laughs> it's gonna be great yeah so veronica and the pussycats practice and then that's when they get into the fact that they all kind of have daddy issues except melody melody's just chill in the background um, melody's just there which i think is how we can always describe her yeah it's kind of sad she like very rarely has any lines and they definitely did not split up the pussycats kind of evenly which is funny because i also think that that actress is like the most actually musical mu- musically talented out of all of them like i think she has an album or something maybe she's I'm not actually 
acting talented. Well, okay. Like only like she <laughs> only has possible. musical talent and no acting talent. Yeah. Veronica also mentions that she hasn't seen her dad in three months, so that kind of gives us a timeline, I guess. Well, I guess. Well, she... Except we don't know how long Hiram had been in prison before like everything was seized and they were like had to move. Well, I well she said she hadn't seen her dad in three months, so I think he's been in prison for three months. Yeah, but that doesn't oh, really oh, tell us how saying. long they've been in Riverdale. Well, the first episode said like something is coming to town and that might have been on the 4th of July or, or very shortly after the 4th of July. I thought it was the week before school. Yeah, see, that's also possible. <laughs> yeah, because it was we right before know. school because they see Betty and Archie and Pops and she's like, oh, I'm giving you your tour tomorrow. Right, and that did seem like she just got there. So yeah, it probably was just a couple days before school. Anyway, then Archie and Valerie are practicing for the show and can we just real quick dissect the lyrics of the song they're singing? Did yeah, you write, write them, them down. down for us? I did. So they're singing a song that I think is called I've Got You, probably. It's something like that. Anyway, so here are the lyrics. I'm trying, though I'm turning the page. We're animals breaking out of our cage. There's nobody, no one, no way who gets me like you do. And then they just say, I've got you, I've got you, I've got you a bunch of times. And you've got me. They also throw that in there. (laughs) Well, you know what? It's the best song we have heard Archie sing yet. So, yeah. No notes. I I do think that maybe the reason that it's the best song is because it was mostly written by Valerie, question mark. And um, I feel like you can get away with like more like crappy repetitive lyrics if it's a duet because then people are like, oh, the voices are so sweet together. They blend so well. And then you just ignore that it's total trash. Well, it also seems to be the first song that's not directly related to Grundy. So there's that. Well, but it still could be if Archie is having some influence on the lyrics lyrics yeah i like to think that he's singing about valerie here i'm pretty sure she's just fully over miss grundy at this point (laughs) he's done so but like Val, so Val is also ex- upset at Archie because he's just randomly riffing on the guitar, like you said. Uh, and then she explains how Josie and the Pussycats formed. She says that Josie and Melody and her met when they were working at the stock room of Power Records. I'm sorry, when you were what, twelve? Like, yeah. Uh, so I think what? that Miles owns the record thing, or he has some influence. So, where there. are you pulling? You're pulling this out of your butt. There, we have not no answer to that i think that where this comes from is that in the archie universe in the comics i believe that josie and the pussycats are actually a little bit older than archie like i feel like they would be in their 20s when the archie crew is in high school are they oh are they not like at school with i no i they're like they're not featured all of the time they're more of like an occasional thing but they're in the same universe and then i think there's also separate josie and the pussycats comics themselves i'm fairly certain that those characters are actually supposed to be older but because Riverdale has to have everyone in the same grade <laughs> just happens like this so but yeah. Veronica I, was I, featured I in Josie and the Pussycats sometimes right or was that the Archie band I think, I think that was the, the Archie okay yeah the Archies because then they're yeah. all they're like all right. in the Archies except for Jughead because he has no musical talent in the comics except for singing Christmas songs then he has the voice of an angel that's a plot line it's the only plot line I actually remember from <laughs> Archie <laughs> comics does he, have, does he have the voice of an angel or the voice of a nightingale I'll punch you in the face <laughs> 
anyway, he, yeah, Archie's just kind of like he doesn't seem to understand at all how like much Val is sacrificing for like jumping over to work with him. He's just kind of like, oh yay, she quit the pussycats. It's the great thing for me, and just not even understanding. He, but he didn't tell her to quit the pussycats. That was a decision that Val made on her own, and then they just decided that they would sing together. Although I will argue the other point that he did say, hey, you can just sing with me and sing with the Pussycats for the variety show. So maybe she did have that in the back of her head, but I think Val made that decision on her own and now she's kind of regretting it. And then we have the variety show, which is kind of the, I guess, the center point of this episode. I don't know. Look, my issue is like when you watch things like High School Musical, they always make it where the the people who are kind of like the known quantity, like Sharpay and Evan, Sharpay and Evan? No. No, Sharpay and Ryan Evans. (laughs) Sharpay and Ryan Evans. When they're like, they're singing and and then it's kind of like, oh, but they're they're always here and they're the kind of mean ones or they're the kind of more dramatic ones or whatever. And then you have like the new hotness who comes out and sings and everyone explodes in cheers, except like 10 times out of 10, the the like people who've been here the whole time, they're actually the more entertaining and musically yeah. talented. Well, and first of all, Sharpay Evans is the victim in High School Musical. She is not the villain. And anyone who wants to fight me about that, feel free to at me. Um, and second of all, okay, if Josie and the Pussycats are hot headlining this event headlining means you play last because you are the best act so you close the show so that no matter what happens the show closes on a good note why the hell are they playing first doesn't make any sense and also are they and archie the only two acts in this variety show because <laughs> like no wonder kevin had to let archie in otherwise it just would have been a josie and the pussycats concert which would be better they could have thrown in like literally 10 seconds of either after archie before josie and the pussycats being like oh and thanks good job to whoever and like as someone is leaving the stage but they didn't even bother doing that (sighs) i just want to bring up the fact that there was one talent show that mary was a part of where she did a juggling act where she faked juggling and it was really cute because i have no talent (laughs) well juggling's a real thing for your family hey yeah but i was fake juggling so i don't know if that really counts what does fake juggling mean exactly like i was going to do a juggling show but then i realized with like a week till the talent show that i didn't actually have the ability to juggle and i wasn't going to be able to learn in a week by the way i can juggle now i've actually been practicing really hard in the last like two years and i'm much better now and i even like do passing and stuff with my dad so just saying shout out to rick kwiatkowski for holding the world record in juggling while running 50 miles anyway side note back to me mary's the only one who doesn't have daddy issues (laughs) no i i love i love my dad we're not gonna call him daddy that's weird not into that but anyway yeah so fake juggling is me juggling while my dad interrupts me over and over so I never actually have to juggle for more than a couple seconds and so he would interrupt me with like coming in to tell a joke or like riding a unicycle in the background or like there was a thing where he put honey on the like balls that I was juggling and then they got stuck to my hands it was just adorable okay wait you brought your dad to a variety show you did a father-daughter no, it was a fifth grade talent show and let me tell you oh, I, I didn't like, realize you guys had known each other this long no, my I... My dad? Well, you and Hannah. No. <laughs> oh, no. Hannah's just seen the video. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. That's really cute. Yeah, I brought my dad to college <laughs> to do this That's what I thought show. she was saying, and I was like, what is happening? Like, yeah. what is wrong with you? Did you even have any friends? <laughs> anyway. 
anyway. But I was obviously mistaken because nobody mentioned you were a child at Sorry, the time. That was uh-huh. my bad. Yeah. I liked it better when I thought she was college aged. <laughs> when I was in middle school, I auditioned for a talent show and I was going to do it with two other friends and we were going to sing the Cheetah Girls version of Won't Say I'm in Love from Hercules. And then one of the girls dropped yes. out. Wait, there was a Cheetah Girls version to that song? Yeah. I don't, I don't remember why, but they covered From what it. movie? Huh? Okay. <laughs> I was just like, it wasn't in one of the Cheetah Girls movies. Yeah. It, well, and this was after Raven Simone quit, so it was just the three of them. So that's where it was going to work oh, out because okay. it was three of us. And then one person quit. So we did Since You've Been Gone by Kelly Clarkson. And that is a very like constantly high song. And I auditioned yeah, and is. did not get in. So it was a very awkward and not fun experience you for me. in middle school you couldn't perfectly sing Kelly Clarkson? <sighs> for some reason. Oh my wow. god. Yeah. You know, I hate to say this, but it sounds like Archie Andrews is a little bit better than you, Hannah. Yeah. Ah! I, okay, you know what? Maybe by high school she would have been able to do it, okay? I have you. faith in Hannah. I'm sure she has a beautiful singing voice. Maybe she, if she had a singing teacher like Miss Grundy. Oh no, I do not want a teacher like Miss Grundy. Not like Miss Grundy in middle school. Yeah. That's even worse. <laughs> Anyways, so it's the variety show. So uh, Archie's very worried that he's going to mess this up. And I guess he's worried about embarrassing his dad, probably because his dad bought tickets for like 20 guys to come watch this high school variety show, which is so weird. Yeah. Like, why would they like those guys didn't want to be there but they're like well the owner of the company that employs me bought these tickets so I guess I have to go so he goes like, with- really when Archie was like what if I bomb I'm like if I was his dad I'd be like I'd be so pissed because we're in the hole with all this money well it's not like they're gonna make the money back so like that's <laughs> over it's a sunk cost at this point Whatever. but anyway Fred Andrews has like a very sweet moment where he's like you know what if you tank it's okay and I'll be proud of you whether you tank or not because you tried and and on the one hand, I feel like that's good parenting. And on the other hand, I feel like it's what's wrong with parents these days because it's like you're giving your son this false impression that he's good at stuff and should be trying things. Archie should not be trying things. Well, in general, children should be trying things, just not Archie. Yeah, or not any everyone else. Please tell your kids they can do whatever they want and like maybe teach them to be realistic because my parents told me I could do whatever I want and now I have a horrible job. Like, yeah. Help them learn realism before college. But anyway, so he goes to Val. And so after he gets the approval from his dad that he's allowed to do poorly, he goes to Val and he's like, you got to go back to the Pussycats. So she she does. And I I had forgotten about this part. So I thought she was going to go kick Veronica out again. And (laughs) Veronica would once again lose her spot to Val. I was like, this doesn't seem right. It's not fair to Veronica. But no, the Pussycat Dolls perform with four and they sound really good and they all look really hot. I don't think that high schoolers should be wearing that outfit. No, that's what I wrote. I'm like, it's a little sexual for high school, but it is accurate toward the comics. So I appreciate that. I also love when Josie's like yeah there's always room yep. for one more kitty in my litter box Weird like line. what no let's okay why do we have to talk weird. about where cats go to the bathroom okay also, <laughs> no like why? josie can't you get potty trained <laughs> and can't she say like there's like another yes there's room she for said a that kitten in my litter or, yeah yeah she could say there's always room for another kitten in my kennel yeah and then I, it has alliteration and it's yeah, not about I, where they poop but i picture dogs when i think also of why so would you want a bunch of kittens too? in the litter box at one time it doesn't really make sense but also <laughs> it, w- it would be pandemonium <laughs> 
something in the scene is that there's a blatant CoverGirl mascara ad, and I couldn't believe how obvious they were with this thing. Well, so when this, you guys didn't watch this live, so you probably didn't know, but so when this was airing live, the commercials during the episode would be a CoverGirl tutorial of one of the girls' makeup looks in the episode. So, like, CoverGirl sponsors this show 100%, and so it'd be like, episode two or whatever, it'd be like, here's how we get Cheryl's vampy look, and it'd be like, these are all the CoverGirl products we use, and this is definitely the real CoverGirl lipstick that she's wearing, even though there's no damn way these people are actually being put into (laughs) CoverGirl makeup when they're on set. There's not a chance. They're wearing MAC cosmetics, and I won't hear anything else about it. I am okay with it for this show because it was in the first season, and, like, they were getting their legs, and so they they kind of needed sponsors and stuff like that. Like, I'm I'm fine with it for season one, but it definitely reminded me of, like, there's an episode in, in Smallville. I don't, I don't remember what season. It's, like, six or seven. That's just the entire episode is, like, an advertisement for Stride Gum, and it's just over the top, but, you know, that's the CW for you, so they've been doing it for a while you should definitely watch the youtube videos of the makeup tutorials if you went like when you get it i think i i think i saw a couple of them because i did look it up when i watched this episode for the first time i was listening to another podcast and they mentioned that so i'm sorry another riverdale podcast <laughs> no, we're I'm the sorry, only they don't one exist. They there's don't exist. no other podcast that could talk about uh, riverdale yeah. come on <laughs> um but this scene it just also highlights uh that miles is a dick yep he came all this way canceled two concerts concert. it's like you're not making it back in time for the concert just listen to the rest the song he leaves like 30 seconds into the song and they did a really good job yeah they're singing what i feel love and it's really good it's a cool disco version i I appreciated it oh well um and then archie plays and someone shouts stick to football and i'm like yes and uh, like he's he's okay his voice is too soft but anyway shall we do a dramatic reading of his lyrics again please i think we can skip this one Oh, no, please read this. This <laughs> podcast is this, Hannah. Mary, read the lyrics if that's what you want. <laughs> All right. Well, I just want to dissect who this could possibly be about. Is it about Grundy? Is it about Veronica? Is it about Val? Is it about someone else we haven't met yet? I don't know. Is it Let's about Betty? Out. All right. Oh, it's, probably it's not. It's probably not. <laughs> All right. So the lyrics are, can you hear me? Am I drowned out in the crowd? Are you listening? Or is everyone else too loud for you to hear anything? Are you just gonna walk away? Cause there are so many things I can do. But instead I'll say, I'll try. I'll try to let it go. Let it roll right off my shoulders. I'll try to let it go and never look back, back this way. And to my, my thoughts are, I'm going to channel uh, Yoda here. Do or do not, there is no try. And this entire song is just like... I mean, I'll try. I'll give a little shot. I'm probably going to bomb. You're probably going to regret buying tickets to this, but I tried anyway. Well, and here's my thoughts on this. Is there anything more Archie Andrews than, I'll try, but <laughs> probably not going to do too well. <laughs> it was a very Susie from Gabon final tribal speech, if you've seen that season of Survivor. Her entire speech is just, why well, I, I tried. Oh, I thought give me a million you dollars. were saying Susie from... Spoilers for Survivor Gabon. <laughs> In case anyone's- I cannot believe Mary just spoiled <laughs> Survivor Gabone. I thought you said Susie from the Lovely Bones, and that is a very different thing. Oh, is there a Susie in the Lovely Bones? Yes. I've never read or watched that. Lovely Bones. That's not Saoirse Ronan. It is. is it? Oh, okay. Well, I yeah. love her. Does she play someone named yes, Susie? Yes, it's Susie something about a fish. Not important. Uh, Susie Salmon? Yes. How did 
did you know? I guess she just went for alliteration. I'm sorry. Is it actually Susie Salmon? Because now it's cemented that I never need to read or watch because that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I almost dropped an F-bomb for the second time in Kowski cast history, but I didn't. So you're welcome. That is so dumb. Yeah. And if it's good that you didn't because I wouldn't be able to bleep it in the same way because that would be spoilers. It is Susie well, Salmon. I would like you to never bleep anything that way. I looked it up. That's so dumb. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my it's life. It's cute. It's a, it's a really sad movie. Well, you know what's also sad? After the show, um, <laughs> Josie, it, Josie's crying in the bathroom. Wait, really? And her mom kind of comforts her. Yeah. yeah, she's crying that her mom comes and hugs her and they kind of cry together. And it's like, obviously, Mayor McCoy is also not super happy in this relationship. Well, Miles sucks. He's well, worse is, than Archie Andrews. This is the first we ever heard that he exists. And like, He's not a major character in this show. Like, you don't hear about him much. So it's like he's just absent doing jazz. And it's like the depressing version of La La Land. The depressing. Yeah. Even though La La Land is kind of depressing, too. Yeah. And then Archie and Val kiss. And okay, you want to move on to Fred and Hermione? Yes. So. Great. Because we somehow spent like 30 minutes longer than I wanted to. Here's the thing. Is I feel like we really hate the Archie stuff. But it gives us the most to dig into. And the other stuff goes faster because we don't have as much criticism. No, that's true. True. That's true. As you'll recall, Hermione's been hired on as the uh, bookkeeper, account person, bookkeeper for Fred's company. And she's like, yo, you don't have any money. You're going to be completely out of money in just a matter of weeks. And he's like, yeah, but I can't fire my guys. Last time I fired something, it was real bad. And I'm like, you know what's worse than firing people? Having to declare bankruptcy and like lose your house, Fred. You got to be smarter. Real, he's just real loyal to his homies. I'm well, okay with it. He's going to be real loyal all the way to the poorhouse. Right. Well, okay. So here's the part that I don't understand about this whole thing logistically. So Fred Andrews is like, it's okay. It's okay that I'm broke because I have this plan. My plan is to get the construction gig for that drive-in that I demolished. Okay. You had the gig to demolish it. You would think he'd be like top of the list for who's going to to do the construction. Like it's a small town. They already hired him once. Go ahead and hire but maybe him again. The thing though is construction versus demolition is very different. And pretty much anyone can tear something down. Yeah, but it's uh, called Andrew's Construction. You would think that, like, they're capable. Well, what's there to build in Riverdale? Maybe he should have gone to a bigger city. You know what? He may not be good at it, but I guarantee you he will try. <laughs> oh, he'll try. <laughs> Classic Andrews, Andrews man. They try. They're really okay. good. That's actually, you know what? My sister and I really refer to ourselves as we're really good triers because we're not like great at anything, but we're re- we don't give up. And I guess we're like the Andrews men in that way. Great. Yeah. I need therapy now. So Fred has this brilliant plan. He's like, I'm going to speak to the mayor and uh, Hermione, you're going to come with me. And Hermione's like, yeah, that's fine, but we're going to do it at my house because it's fancier. And it's like, okay. Then, yeah, Nothing right, says whatever. I need money, like going to the fanciest place place in town and hosting and then veronica sees fred and hermione making out so okay cool Which they oh, immediately just are making out like how did it transition from business to to insulting him to making also out? the last episode she kind of rejected him it's chippy these andrews men they try oh my goodness <laughs> i don't like this bit 
Okay. <laughs> <Never mind. laughs> um, yeah, so Veronica, like, confronts her mom is, is like, hey, are you going to leave dad when he gets out of jail? And her mom's like, I, me, me, honestly, who knows? Just let me do my thing, hun. Yikes. And you get the feeling, I mean, at least I get the feeling that Hermione's not super into Fred, but she's kind of more like, look, I'm, I need to use him, honey, right now because we're, like, broken and, and I something to do with, you know, things, the contract and whatever. Um, And also, just so everyone's aware, Veronica wearing one of two really great mustard yellow shirts in this episode in this um scene. i'm sorry i thought we were only allowed to talk about clothing when it relates to cheryl also cheryl was like completely absent cheryl wasn't this in this episode so i can't talk about her great red wardrobe what i can talk about is veronica and betty having great mustard shirts it very much felt like fall also uh valerie had some really nice pants in one scene can't tell you which scene i think it was the cover girl scene <laughs> just noticed that her pants looked good uh anyway so then we have the big dinner with the mccoys and fred and hermione and miles is just a, a jerk this entire time he's he's upset that veronica's joining the pussycats and i'm like he doesn't even know her she sings like a nightingale he doesn't know he doesn't know. he to judge uh and he's just a dick the whole time and when fred pulls out his presentation which i'm sure was very uncomfortable for everyone it's like being like you think you're going to a job interview but then it's like a mlm presentation and you're like i'm now trapped here for three hours while someone cuts a penny with a knife like uh, definitely not speaking from personal experience <laughs> and like I'm sure everyone was so uncomfortable um that he's just suddenly talking business like I don't think it was presented as a business dinner well I think I think it was presented as business dinner but the question is but then like, why was Josie wh- there well like, yeah why are Josie and Archie and Miles still here for this portion I'm not sure but like yeah Miles is like he's he's like oh why'd you get rid of Val she gave your ex some much needed integrity why you gotta be such a dick dude also like Val's good but like, so is Josie and then yeah she's and then good he's on like, backup oh, yeah and he's like oh Archie you don't bet you don't even know who Josephine Baker is and I'm like yeah of, well Archie doesn't even know who Dylan is Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan. Bob yes. Dylan. Bob, yeah, Archie doesn't even know who Bob Do Dylan is. You know is, who so Bob like, Dylan who can is? You be? No, I just like hesitated for a second. Anyway, but like, how? He's a kid. He's a dumb kid. How do you expect him to know who Josephine Baker is? Like, I barely do. The name sounds familiar, and probably because I've seen this episode like four times. So. Well, and the other thing too is Fred makes this presentation. He's like, "Oh, you're just another money man," and it's like, Miles, shut up. If you could make money, you would. Yeah. Okay. Couple things. He's like, "Well, after all that salt of the earth." Time, I didn't expect you to be another dollar-chasing gentrifier. And I'm like, okay, number one, Miles. He is a blue-collar construction worker. He needs work to feed his family. Gosh dang it. He needs... Every, everyone can't just be a free spirit all the time, running around doing music, and, and live off their wife's hard work. So that's thing number one. Thing number two, your wife already okayed this land for construction. It's happening anyway. Why do you care who does the construction on it? Like, and here's the thing that really makes me mad. They've put the only, like, anti-gentrification person other than Jughead is this dick. Gentrification is not a good thing. It's not good. But now they're making it seem like it's not that bad because Miles is the only one criticizing it and we freaking hate him. Well, but, but, like... Also, does it count as gender? Is this gentrification? I they, they don't even know what they're building yet, and it was already. It's not like they they're bulldozing like forests. Well, and like, it's, it's also already like it's land. not like they're like taking down low income housing to put up a condo building yeah, with Starbucks and they're some hipsters. They're getting rid of a drive-in that they failed. I don't know. Anyways, I it just it rubs me the wrong way when the only person speaking up against gentrification is this dickhead because I love railing against gentrification, even though I am certainly living in a community that is in the very beginning stages of it. Well, you just. 
just sound like a hypocrite then. Well, this is where I can afford to live and not feel afraid. Maricoy is like, okay, I love your pitch, Fred. I do like the fact that she stands up to her husband and is like, Fred is a hardworking American here, so... He's a member of our community. Unlike yeah. you, Miles. And so I, I appreciate that, but like... Also, it's if, a little if, on the nose that his name is Miles. Yeah. It's well, like, oh was, yeah, cool, probably named after Miles Davis. So I was gonna make a joke about how he was named after Miles Teller, but we can move past it. Oh um, my god. Hey, he played a jazz drummer in that movie. It's a good movie. Anyways, we're moving on. <laughs> yeah, but but like, okay, if Hermione and Mayor McCoy both already know that the buyer is going another way, why let Fred make the pitch in the first place? Well, if you look, you see Hermione's eye after he makes the pitch, so maybe she wanted to know a little bit more about what he intended, and it obviously seems that she also likes the bid because now she wants Veronica to sign to award the contract to Andrew's construction because they need two-thirds of the signatures. Well, and they also, she should have been on board with this anyways because if if Andrew's construction gets the job, she gets to keep her job. So, she shouldn't have needed like, to me, I read it as, like, she wanted to join Andrew's construction as, like, she wanted to be the bookkeeper there specifically because she wanted them to do the construction. Like, this seems like a long con to me, you know? But she can't just say, oh yeah, we're going to award Andrew's construction this contract when they have no idea who the buyer is. And so we need to have this meeting with Mayor McCoy, who's been working with the buyer, and then she can speak on Fred's behalf. So it's this whole, maybe she still had this idea that this is what she wanted, but this is the way that he was presenting to go about it. So this is how it's fell through. And how do you think Mayor McCoy feels about this as the only person to know, like she knows who all of the players in this are like she must be a little uncomfortable because it's like really why is this why um and then so Hermione just forges Veronica's signature anyways so why did she ever ask Veronica when they're already on thin ice she should have just done that in the first place if she's a minor, she can do this anyways because on a legal document, most of the time parents are able to sign for their children. It all it's, was just an extra wrinkle in the plot that didn't need to be there. No, I mean, I don't think that Veronica, I don't know about that signing thing, but I, I think the question is more of like, how is it legal that Veronica, an underage child, has, is a shareholder? They should just make Smithers anyway. be the other shareholder. He's obviously very good for the family. I don't think, I don't think Hiram likes Smithers. I I think Smithers just works for Hermione. Like, it makes sense that she would be a shareholder, but those shares should be held in trust until she turns 21, and then someone should be in charge of those shares, probably Hermione, right. as the only parent not in jail. So, like, she technically probably should have been able to sign anyways. I don't know. I'm not a rich person. I don't know how rich people's lives work. If someone's rich and they want to explain it to us, please explain it like we're five. I don't know. Also, one more thing, just real quick, about this whole variety show plot and all this. What in the world kind of timeline are we working with on this episode? episode because like they have time to come home from school presumably unless this is on a Saturday but whatever then they they go to this dinner they have the whole pitch then Josie goes to Pops with Veronica and then Archie and his dad go home first all before the variety show was the variety show at like 10 o'clock no the variety show is the next day multiple days I don't think so I'm pretty sure this was multiple days okay yeah if it's multiple days so you're telling me that you're telling me that Miles came home for multiple days but can't
can't sit through 30 more seconds of a song? Yes, because he's a dick. Okay, well, that's been established. I, I think that's the one of those things that's so confusing about Riverdale is sometimes an episode feels like it took like two hours and then sometimes an episode feels like it was like seven weeks and they never really delineate which is which. So, I don't know. All right, shall we move on to Betty and Jughead? Yes, please. All right, so this episode talks a lot about where we left off with like Betty discovering all that information about Polly and so she now wants to dig a little deeper because I think she's kind of like hey something's not right here with my parents stories and let's find out what's really going on yeah it took you long enough your sister's been gone for so- whatever so Betty invites Jughead over for breakfast and I love how Alice throughout this whole scene is just like so Jughead <laughs> like she has seemingly no idea who Jughead is even though obviously Betty Archie and Jughead have presumably been friends for years and have always gone to school together and you could tell she's just so mad that there is a boy in the house and she's like so I presume you're the reason why Betty is obsessed with this Jason Blossom ghoulishness and when Betty's like mom she's like I'm just making conversation Betty and it's like that is not how you make conversation (laughs) Alice what are you doing one of my favorite things in this episode is we see Jughead really has an appetite and he's just chowing down this breakfast totally oblivious to this drama that's going on later on we see him chowing down on some chips so they're finally starting to give him some food to eat finally and you know what he must be hungry because we don't (laughs) know where he lives right now um so i don't know where his last meal came from because it certainly wasn't the drive-in theater so you know what i'm glad that he is getting a lot to eat this episode that breakfast looked very fancy for what is presumably a school day i wish I could have breakfast like that every day. I mean, I guess I could if I woke up earlier, but that's I don't think not ever, ever in my life did we eat like the fanciest before school breakfast I think I've ever had was like Eggo waffles. Like that's like that's about as good. I've as had it. scrambled eggs before school. That's I don't need eggs. That's the Ooh. most fancy okay. ever. I only like scrambled eggs because I'm a child and I'm so uncivilized. I put ketchup on them. Everyone else. I feel like scrambled eggs are like lazy eggs. Like that seems like the easiest. Yeah, type of they're eggs the, to they're make. the easiest eggs. That is the fanciest yeah. thing I've had. Pre- Preschool. Oh, okay. Gotcha. But yeah, so Betty takes this time to like snoop into her mom's stuff while their jughead's distracting her. And she like takes a picture picture of the checkbook. Could she not have just done this any old other time? Like it's not that. Does Alice never go to bed? Yeah, I mean, I feel like this could have been done, but whatever. So they discover the Sisters of Quiet Mercy, which is a home for troubled youths. And the description that Jughead reads online says, where disenfranchised teens will learn such virtues as discipline and respect, enjoying lives of quiet reflection and servitude. So it doesn't sound terrible. I'm so, but... No, it sounds like a bummer and a half. Are you kidding me? I mean, it sounds like a bummer, but it's better than like where disenfranchised youths will be locked up in five by five cells to rot away their existence. That's basically what it looks like. So it's just like a nice way of saying. And like if the way they're describing themselves is like where troubled youths learn servitude, what it actually is is probably like 15% worse than that at least. So we don't like it. And mm. No. Yeah, we, we, we definitely don't like it. We don't it. like it. <laughs> so Betty wants to go see Polly and Jughead, uh, I love that there's like a really short scene where Jughead just shuts Archie down for wanting to come with them. And he's like, yeah, we're trying to pull off a stealth operation here. 
So do you think this is just because Jughead has like a crush on Betty and he doesn't want Archie to be there? Is it supposed to imply that Archie's like clumsy or loud or something? I think it's a little bit of both. And I also think it was because they wanted like a little bit of a Buffy reference because there hadn't been enough references. And in Buffy, they refer to themselves as the Scooby Squad sometimes. Okay, you could read it as a Buffy reference. You could also read it as a Scooby-Doo reference. No, okay, it's a Scooby-Doo reference, but it's a Buffy reference because it's a group of high school students in a group, like in Buffy. Uh, Okay, all right. Well, debate in the comments whether or not this is a Buffy reference or a Scooby-Doo reference. I don't think we need to debate who is more correct on this podcast. I think it's okay. It's me. I think we do. No, we always need to debate it. Look, there may be a lot of cursed stands out there, but you know what? The the Mary fans The Mary Quick Cow stands. (laughs) (laughs) The Quick Cow stands will stand with me, so I'm okay with it. Anyway, but so Betty and Archie, they go to the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. I love like the little shots of Betty like tightening her ponytail. It's just kind of so cute. cute. And, like, it's like a nervous tick. She just And oh. it's 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 very like it's the tiny moments like that that remind me like, oh, this is based off a comic book. I, I like that. Tightening the ponytail reminds you that? Yeah, just like that's not a thing that like real people do. Like it's very comic book character. It's very like cartoony. I do that. I just think it's cute. I, d- I don't know. What okay, you know what? Let me have my moment. No. Um <laughs> Uh, Polly is in the Garden of Deliverance. Um, insert that quote from Hunted where the guy's like, You ain't never <laughs> seen that movie Deliverance, have you? <laughs> Betty discovers that Polly is dun 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 peg- pregnant. Pregnant! She's and she's so pregnant. Yeah, she face looks like belly. six or seven months pregnant, like at the minimum. And yeah, like, I don't for- think she's quite that pregnant i don't know there's like a lot of people who if if you're like a young person and it's your first pregnancy like you don't show nearly yeah, as yeah but much, she's I been think. sitting around doing nothing at the sisters of quiet mercy so but she's it's probably just all been belly she's not she's not That's chubby true. in her face it's just this huge belly i totally agree if we're going just based off the i think they had to make it so large so that we knew she was actually pregnant because otherwise it wouldn't right. be clearly obvious as obvious but especially with that dress yeah she would yeah. Yeah, have to be seven to eight months i just don't know pregnant people which is which is possible because i mean like okay so they could have easily found out that she was pregnant like maybe maybe they didn't since they didn't know maybe it took a little time maybe it took like uh you know a couple months like two months before they realized she was pregnant and then like and then in a couple weeks they were prepping to run away together and then he died so i mean if it's been three months since he died and maybe she was like two months i mean you can kind of work it out yeah i feel like she's gotta be like five to six months pregnant in like the storyline yeah i think so i think so i I feel like betty it's like she's not as upset as she should be for finding out that her dad just like completely lied about polly like wanting like committing suicide or trying to commit suicide and stuff like that like i don't know i feel like that's a really big lie i think in this moment she's just more excited to see her sister but also it was very interesting how polly turns and wants to know about jason which totally makes sense but then betty is in this position of telling her sister that her person that she's in love with that she's having a baby with and that she was gonna run away with is dead and she doesn't even say yeah, anything yeah polly does not know she that. doesn't want to do like betty doesn't want to do it she's like uh, uh the thing is like she's so uncomfortable well i think i mean i think she was you know believing her parents when her parents said that they told her and that she knew i mean that's like a really hard position to put yourself in or you know for her to be in but this is the only part i will say where 
like Polly does come across a little bit frantic. Like she's 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 freaking out about the whole Jason thing, but like even before that, she's like, oh, we're gonna run away together. We're gonna be perfect. Everything's gonna be great. Everything's gonna be fine. Yeah, they're like gonna she, go to a beautiful place that she calls the farm. And I've got some questions and concerns about this farm. It's it terrible. It sounds creepy. horrifying. Sounds like definitely a cult. Not a place where teenagers <laughs> should go. I'm sorry, someone gets that daisy look in their eyes and they're like, I'm going to the farm. I'm like, um, are you gonna kill yourself or are see, you joining a cult? Because those are the only two options I see. To me, the farm sounds like one of those places that people would send their pregnant kids off to. Yeah, I was gonna say, it sounds more like a halfway home or something. I think it sounds like either killing yourself or joining a cult or possibly both. Then Alice shows up and Betty, like, was Betty just locked in that room? Because I don't know why she's like in a random room and then Allie co- Alice shows up. I don't because know if she the, was like, left there. Because the creepy nun lady was like, come with me and yeah. like took her into a holding cell, which I don't think this place needs to have those. Yeah, but then they're back in the hallway and all of a sudden Jughead's there again. So like, I guess he escaped wherever he was not allowed to go. I don't know. But and it's it's sad. Polly gets dragged away again. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I feel really bad for her just because like at this point, the, there's no more hiding the fact like Betty knows why her sister has actually been locked up and you would just think that there's more they could do to get out of there or something I guess not I mean they're underage yeah there's not that much that they can do really yeah but Betty talks with her dad and he she's all of a sudden like really suspicious of him and she kind of just asks him like hey did you break into the sheriff's house and steal all the files the night of the drive-in you know you have motive now did you think you like did you kill Jason Blossom and this is the probably like one of the weirdest parts of the episode. Alice starts. It first sounds like she's sobbing, but no. then she starts laughing and she's like hysterically, like yeah, hysterically, wild laughter. And she's like, "You think your dad could kill someone?" And so now Alice all of a sudden seems super suspicious. I mean, listen to these two lines that Alice says back to back. I wish he had killed Jason. I wish I had. And then like two seconds later, she's like, really, Elizabeth, you're sounding crazy just like your sister. No, honey, you're sounding crazy, Alice. You're the one who just said you would have wanted to kill a child. Yeah. Uh, out of control. And it's like, obviously the implication is, Betty, if you keep saying stuff like this, you'll go to Sisters of Quiet Mercy too. It's like, to me, it was like a threat. Like you're sounding crazy like your sister. And it's like, uh, no, this is not okay. And then Betty stands up to her in this moment. And I'm like, girl, this is not the moment I would be choosing to stand up to my mom because she's acting crazy. Yeah. But, but that is the one thing that Betty has that I guess we haven't seen from Polly is just that Betty does stand up to her parents a little more. But, but we don't also don't see Polly interacting with her parents parents too much other than the one time where she was dragged away against her will so it's hard to really she gets dragged away against her will a lot yeah. Then we have my favorite scene of the entire episode where Jughead comes to Betty's window. Betty's just like, oh, Jughead, my whole family's crazy. I might be crazy too, which is the, you know, like another hint we get that that Betty might have like sort of a dark side or, or sort of doubts herself. And, and she definitely doesn't think that she's just a perfect person like she tries to portray on the outside. And then Jughead kisses her and it's really cute. And it's and out really of the, sweet. Out of the three kisses in this episode, this is by far the one that I like feel like was most realistic and 
the build up to you could tell yeah like when he knocks on the window and you get the like the camera like pans over to the window like it's like coming into your view like your betty and you see jughead's face and he just looks so happy and we've never seen jughead look this happy before like we've seen him smirk we've seen him be like cute because he's cute because he's close brows but like he just is like radiating like joy in that moment even before anything happens and i was just like oh thank god we are finally to this point because i I am obsessed like it's so cute and then Betty of course does the very Betty thing of like interrupting it to be like oh my god there's a car like Polly was talking about a car we can go find out and Jack it's like really when we're having our moment and I I something inside me melted like I just I also really appreciate the fact that like okay I know that this was a whole hot button button issue of like Jughead is supposed to be asexual in the comics and he's not really supposed to enter any of the love triangles I know that they probably were looking at Cole Sprouse and were like, "Yeah, sorry, we're we're putting you in a in a romance, buddy. Like, uh, you're Cole and Sprouse." And the chemistry so that they have got. is really good. Yeah, the chemistry they have is is really great. So I don't know if this was a plan from the beginning when they started writing the show. Probably not, but I'm really glad that they put it in because it shows that. First off, it, it it helps Betty move away from the Archie nonsense. But it also shows that, like, Jughead is going to be more than just... The voiceover guy? Like, he actually... Well, yeah, and that he actually is going to step away from his friend Archie in order to, like, have his own plot and have his own things. And it confirms that Jughead is a real person <laughs> and not just a figment of people's imagination. <laughs> There's still the possibility that everyone is the figment of Jughead's imagination. And again, yeah. I'm fine with that. That would honestly be one of my preferred outcomes for this show, probably. <laughs> oh my gosh. But yeah, so they, they end up going to go try to find this hidden car. And they do find it. And there's Jason's jackets in the inside and some drugs. So kind of like all of the stories that we've heard so far from Polly and from Trev have been confirmed, at least somewhat. Uh, we know that like Polly's not crazy and wasn't making that up. Also, shout out to Jughead for taking pictures of this evidence. That is a thing that they always forget to do in shows. And it really bothers me because like they have smartphones take some pictures so thank but you Jughead he did touch all of it yes he touched everything well yeah. they texted the sheriff why wouldn't they stay at the car what is so important that they have to go all the way back to the high school to go be why wouldn't they stay at this scene and, and wait till the car till the sheriff gets there because by the time the sheriff gets there with his deputies the car is on fire and everything that they found is foreseeably not there anymore it's literally just there because of this one scene that honestly I've watched this episode like three or four times and this is the first time I noticed it but the reason they have to go back to find the sheriff is because well probably two reasons probably logistically because like what if he didn't answer their text like maybe they they need to go get him anyway why not but just also, drop a pin and call him they could also call 911 <laughs> 911 can get a hold of the sheriff yeah but well I think more importantly it's because we need to have a little short scene where we see Betty hearing the music of Archie playing from the loudspeaker and choosing instead to go with Jughead instead of going to to, like watch Archie it's just kind of but the thing is at this point it's episode six like I honestly we haven't even talked about Betty being interested in Jughead since episode two so I didn't even Archie. notice it and also it doesn't make any sense because sorry with Archie but also because it doesn't make any sense because why is there music coming from a loudspeaker yeah. like that is being played from why, the auditorium sense, why so. is this being played throughout this the whole school <laughs> Why? Like, why are they, they just have that? shown that the auditorium door was like open and she could hear it? I don't know. I or why whatever. did they have to do it at all? Because it was pointless and it was stupid. <laughs> yeah. And guess what? Archie tried and Betty didn't fall for it. <laughs> yeah. But I'm tired like of the said, trying. Like you said. 
I'm so done. <laughs> oh, I didn't hey, even that was good. <laughs> um, like you said, the car is on fire, and so all the evidence is burned up. And Jughead and Betty they go to the Sisters of Quiet Mercy because they know and... that Polly's not crazy. Yeah, and I first off don't know how they got in, but whatever. Yeah, there was no one aware of them being there. Polly is just gone. She jumped out the window. It looks like. Also, I'm like ninety percent sure that is at least the second story. Yeah, I, you know what? When you're very pregnant, maybe don't jump out of a second story and window. There was blood on the window. Right, but they, they they could have like panned to the other side of the window and been like, oh look, there's like a a fire She crawled down. No, nothing. I have no idea how she got down. Yeah, she jumped. She's like, but you know, if you're pregnant, don't jump out a window. No, we have no idea. So she's probably like really injured somewhere. I'm sorry. If Betty and Duckhead were able to just like get in the building, shouldn't she have been able to sneak out another way? Like you would think. You would think. There's got to be a better way. Oh, whatever. Well, that's the end of uh, that part of the episode. Uh, you know, it, it it was an episode. I, <laughs> I I liked it. I liked it because we had more of the Jughead and Betty plot. Also, the other thing I like about the fact that Archie is not included in that plot is it's kind of establishing, like, Jughead and Betty are going to be part of, like, the real meat of the story, and Archie is just doing random nonsense on the side. Like, that's what we've seen so far. So, well, <laughs> let's, let's talk about who do we think was the most normal person of the week. I have two different people that I think are potential runners for this category. I think that Mayor McCoy did a pretty good job. She was stood up to her dad or to her <laughs> husband and she had a nice moment with Josie at the end. I do think the part where she was kind of like berating Josie and like taking out her frustrations with her like husband she was like yeah Josie if you don't do well then you're like he's gonna be mad at me it's like okay well you're not supposed to have like your child take up for your marital problems didn't love that but I do think other than that she was pretty normal person I also thought uh we could just give it to Melody I think that Betty should get it I think she has some pretty normal reactions to seeing her sister in this ward and the potential tension that she has of maybe I'm crazy too. It seems to be like it is running in my family. Her head's still on the murder mystery and trying to get her sister out even though this cute guy is sitting here kissing her. Uh, I Definitely my vote is for Betty. Do you think Betty deserves it though more than Jughead? Like why not Jughead in that case? Um, I like Betty being like don't touch the evidence. That seems yes, realistic. That's, that's why. <laughs> I thought about okay. that too. And he, because he touches everything in this car and then she's like wait we can't touch this. But I guess maybe this. that's realistic because he's a teenager and so he yeah. wouldn't realize right away yeah i mean the other thing is i feel like jughead hasn't been acting normal so far so do we think he's gonna start acting normal it might be our only chance we could just give it to bughead bughead yes don't call them that that's my vote i wrote down in my notes when they kissed yes we have bughead confirmation touchdown in all caps that's what i wrote so i probably wouldn't have told people that that's what you wrote but okay (laughs) i just why does everything have to have a ship name? Why can't we just call because things by their fandom. names? Because it's a fandom. I'm sorry. That's how it works. Get on board or get off the train. I ship them. I am the on bug the ship, train. but I will not call them that. So are we Are we good with that, though, for the more, most normal person? Yeah, I'm fine. Okay. I didn't have any other thoughts, so I'm really glad both of you had thoughts, because I was like, uh, who acted <laughs> normal? Uh, Fred? I don't know. <laughs> I, 
I don't. Okay, so for the for Her the friend, he bought all the tickets. That's not normal. Yeah, exactly. I was just gonna say I would say Fred, except for he uses his financial insolvency to be like, you know what? I'll buy <laughs> tickets from my whole crew, so it's not normal. Yeah, Fred definitely does not get it. All right, for the cringiest part of the episode, I just wrote down Archie singing. Like, take your pick. Any of the times he's singing in this episode, I, I like. I don't know what else to give it to. There was nothing like majorly cringy in other aspects. I, I think it was a little cringy with Alice's crazy laughter and being like, I wish I'd killed Jason. But again, we have to decide here. You guys usually choose something that's creepy. Like, those are not cringy. I cringed when that friggin' maniacal laughter. I didn't, like, really cringe when Archie was singing because I was like, well, what about the, what about the fact, so can far. I just put down, can I just put down Archie tried as the <laughs> no. most cringy part of the episode? It's the most cringiest part of this uh. podcast, <laughs> for sure. Um, honestly, I'm okay with the Archie singing, but I feel like it wasn't actually that bad this episode. It's been worse literally every other time he's done it. No, it, okay, yeah, it was the it was the best of the Archie singing. I think what could have been more cringy potentially is the meeting with Betty and Polly, where Betty has to tell Polly that Jason died. That's okay. That's a good point. That's actually, yeah, I think that's a good, I think that's the winner. As Thank much as you. you can win by being the most cringy. <laughs> well done. Hannah's on it today. Betty has to tell Polly that Jason is dead. Yeah, that'll be the cringiest part. Were there any close but no cigars this episode? I didn't have any. I had a semi one, but I don't know if it counts because I don't think it's actually a close but no cigar. It's just more of like a pun that they make at some point. Uh, Valerie refers to Josie as Catzilla. So it's like, it's not really because I don't think they were like trying to shy away from saying Godzilla. So I don't think it actually counts. No, I don't think so. I noted it. That's just like when they're like Bridezilla. That's a close but no cigar. For a close but no cigar. Yeah. What's what's that called? (laughs) So the title of this episode, Faster Pussycats Kill Kill, surprisingly is actually a movie. I just like this is one of those titles. What's that movie about? Yeah. Okay. Well, I I, I will tell you. Also, this is like the best, the best description of a movie that I've ever read. All right. 1965 movie. Three go-go dancers holding a young girl hostage come across a crippled old man living with his two sons in the desert. After learning he's hiding a sum of cash around, the woman starts scheming on him that's that's it what the woman starts scheming on him i have no idea what that well, means I also they i just want love the money i just love the fact that they're holding a girl hostage and then they come across a crippled man living in the desert like this i don't know what this movie is about it but i, I love it already they're keeping a girl hostage but that's not the main plot point it's just yeah, like a like, sideline oh, it's okay, just well. a side thing uh, yeah i don't know i don't know if it's important that he's living with his two sons i don't i don't know i don't why are they in the desert i don't know but it sounds great so uh maybe we should uh make a podcast about that movie honestly i'm down all right everyone well that's about it for the non-spoiler section of the podcast if you don't want to hear any spoilers going up through season two and season three go ahead and tap out now thank you for joining us and we'll be back next week for our recap of episode seven until then you can follow me online at frail mary on every platform and if you're interested you can check out the other podcast that we do on this network the revenge rewatch podcast do that with my sister laura on kowskicast.com we are also on itunes at kowskicast and on 
on Podbean at Kowski Cast. So leave us a five-star review. Yeah, yeah. And that's cow with a K, everyone. K for Kwiatkowski. Kirsten, where can everyone find you online? They can find me on every platform at Kirsten Said What. Big Brother Candace coming, so it's going to be Big Brother content till October. But it's fun, I promise. Come follow me. <laughs> Hannah, where can everyone find you? So I'm on Instagram at hannahve.exe, and that's Hannah with one H. And, and two, two N's. N's. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to specify from now on. Can't have anybody spelling it with four N's. Can you, you imagine if it was hannahve.exe? <laughs> I don't know. I kind of like it. I think we should bring that back. I honestly, I miss the extra ends. Yeah. Oh, well. It's fine. All right. Well, for those of you leaving, catch you next time. For everyone else, spoiler time. Get it in out. Leave. 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 Spoiler time! This episode had so many little spoiler things off the top of my dome. I remember us in the beginning of season three, we were like, does Mary McCoy have a husband? I don't remember. (laughs) Miles! He's just off playing jazz this whole time. So I guess uh, that unhappy marriage is kind of a good indicator of why Mayor McCoy and Sheriff Keller uh, like to have affairs. It's also kind of, yeah, I feel like it's built in sort of so that you don't feel as bad for Miles when he's being cheated on. It's kind of like, yeah. okay. Normally whatever. I'm very anti-cheating, but you know what? Miles suck. Yeah. So uh, as for some of the stuff I wrote down, Sisters of Quiet Mercy. Oh, how far we've come from enjoying lives of quiet reflection and servitude. <laughs> um, I'm just glad all those nuns are dead because that place sucks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it sucks, but it's like, we've talked about this before, especially on our season three recap, but are we to assume that the ward that Polly is in right now is not at all related to the Griffins and Gargoyles one? Because it doesn't seem like like she we've never heard her mention it's not like when they started talking about g and g she was like oh yeah i totally was all up in that when i was the sisters. i guess she's in the separate pregnant girls ward well and also cheryl goes into the sisters of quiet mercy and she doesn't hear anything about it when she's in there and the sisters of quiet mercy on the outside looks completely different than it does when betty and ethel are breaking out of it it just looks like a normal kind of rec center building but in here we have some really cool staircases looks really creepy and so we have a completely different vibe of how the sisters of quiet mercy is set up here than in season three cheryl didn't have to break a window to escape so it's like why couldn't polly find like that storm grate or whatever Although I guess that was locked. They filled the one doorway with bricks, so maybe they put bars on the windows after Polly broke out of the window. Maybe. Well, also, I wouldn't want Cheryl to jump out a window. It's just, like, she already had to go through, like, the reprogramming, which is so messed up. So, but, so I'm I'm guessing that the pregnant girl section wouldn't hear about griffins and gargoyles because they're probably not going to give drugs to... Well, I guess the drug part wouldn't come in until Hiram comes back. Yeah, but I, I, I still think, and we talked about it, but I, I still think that there's at least three different completely separate wards i think that there's the gay conversion ward the pregnant ward and the um uh insane asylum kind of ward so i think that those are separate all right fred and hermione seems like in the future they they imply that like more happened than just a kiss like 
the whole stuff with the black hood, they calling him an adulterer, all this. Do you think that they banged? I don't want them to. Because Veronica didn't interrupt them in the moment. They probably had sex right in that gross trailer. And as we've seen, like, Hermione is willing to use her body to get what she wants and further herself. So, I, yeah. Also, like, present day Hiram, I don't even think he'd care. I think he'd be like, yeah, good for you. I feel like he'd be like, yeah, Hermione, like, I insist you use your body for whatever. Because they basically tell Veronica to do the same thing with Archie later in season two. Yeah. Like, they're just, they don't have a family dynamic. It's like a business. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised by that. Also, do you think, like, she was ever actually interested in Fred? Or do you think the whole thing had to do with using him? I think, I don't, I feel like they have a spark, but she would never legitimately let herself do something just based on what she wanted. Yeah, that's definitely possible. But especially since, like, last episode, it seemed like she was denying him. I think it's kind of like, oh, change of plans. Right, you have a construction firm? Sounds like a good idea. I could use this. So, getting on board. Also, he offered her a job, so maybe that, maybe she felt more inclined then. Well, but then she offered him a job, so... Yeah, but he doesn't know it's from her. Yeah, yeah. Also, Archie seems really chill with Fred and Hermione now, but, like, in three episodes, he's gonna get really upset when Fred wants to sign the divorce papers with his mom. So, uh, just discontinuity there with Archie's feelings. I feel like whenever he's in a relationship, he's like, yeah, dad, you do whatever you want. But then when he's being dumped, he's like, okay, I, I'm Everything's terrible. Never mind. Mom. Nobody can be happy if I can't be yeah. happy. I'm because Archie's Archie. just like Veronica in making things all about himself. And I feel like that's part of why like the Veronica Archie romance works for a little while. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with that. Also, just because it's a romance that's very like Dean and Rory circa second time around when it's all just banging all the time. I just, how many times do you have to bring up Dean to me from Gilmore Girls? Like, we don't, we don't need to, like, he it's must a good not be example. Named, it's a I good feel. example of, like, not a great relationship. Anyway. Ugh, um, I hate him so Are much. you a Supernatural fan or no? Um, I watched 10 seasons of Supernatural. Maybe 11. Okay, so, you know, like, just a tiny little fan. Like, yeah, but it's not about not him it. because in supernatural i'm all about dean and i hate sam which is confusing for any of those of you who don't know that his name is the opposite on that show which is just his very brother confusing. is named dean and his brother is jensen ackles and he is hot even though he's short i love jensen ackles we love oh. him um you know jensen ackles also was the uh i'm not gonna spoil but he was a character on a whole season of smallville for a while so wow good, look at it look at him you. on the cw I know, right? Uh, but yeah, the I think thing- he was actually on that first. I don't know. Anyways. Ooh, different point. If Jensen Eccles was in Riverdale, who would you want him to play? He Well, he's kind of old, so he'd have to play someone's dad. Ooh, he could play the sheriff. Mm. He could be Sheriff <laughs> Keller. I'd be on board. Because yeah, they're like- he looks anywhere near old enough to play. I mean, he does- no, I know he is old in real life. Okay, fine. He could play a Southside Serpent who's a few years older, and I'm <laughs> on board with that too. Tall I'm just on-, on board with seeing him on my screen. Can he take his shirt off? Yes, please. I I don't it's very rare that I don't care that someone is short but I really don't care that Jensen Ackles is short well, um, well, you keep saying he's short like how short is he he's probably like 5'10 he's yeah, probably that's not short. that short it's not he's... no it's not it's not when you're 5'4 well I'm 5'7 so anyways I'm, I'm looking up how tall he is okay just to inform you Jensen Ackles is 6'1 oh so my god if you're freaking high I'm horse so excited. Being short. no this is the best news I've ever heard it's no. just because Jared Padalecki is like 6'4 that's the only reason you think Jensen Ackles I thought that he 
towered over him way more. He looks tiny on Supernatural. Anyways, this is the best news I've heard all day because it makes sense of this attraction I have to someone that I thought was under six feet tall. Because that doesn't happen for me. I just think I just think it's really blasphemy that you think anyone who is under six feet is short. Look, we're all of our under six feet tall male listeners are going to be very upset with you. Well, they're are they trying to date me? Like I don't get it. It's fine. Everyone can be whatever height they are. Like don't change it. Don't get surgery to get taller or anything. I wish I could get surgery to get shorter. Is that a thing? Oh, it's like a thing where they can like break your legs and then you. Oh gosh, they okay, grow longer. Right, it's we're, really we're don't moving away. We're moving away from that real fast i want everyone to love themselves just the way they are another thing we don't endorse on this podcast oh my gosh so now we don't endorse what we do not endorse underage drinking murder Murder. or body shaming yeah or breaking people's legs body shaming Um, (laughs) anyways the main spoiler thing of this whole episode is when they're like you think your dad could murder someone he could never murder anyone and then he's like a very ineffectual serial killer but he is a serial killer yeah well right so like do we think that even now at this point in time Hal had the potential for murder like was yes. was he ever a stand up dude or was that always in the back of his head no I think he's always been like a little bit of a sociopath okay alright like do we think it's that at this point in time the writers knew that they were going to make him no. a killer I assume that this would have been like the first inkling of it because they dropped I don't think this so. foreshadowing right in there. I just think I that know. Alice's reaction is so over the top that there's no way it could be anything but foreshadowing. Yeah, but based on season three, it seems like they write episodes about two episodes in yeah. advance and have and then just like randomly. Yeah, but I feel thoughts, like they so. have ideas. They just don't have the full episode. Yeah, it's probably more likely that they're like, okay, we need to make some characters seem suspicious, so let's make Hal and Alice seem suspicious. But then, like by the time they need a new killer in season two they're just going to be like all right who have we made suspicious so far like who do we know oh how great let's build a backstory for him i don't, I, know. I don't know i don't work in the writer's room at riverdale so yeah we also got our first mention of the farm in this episode so it's creepy mm-hmm. and i still we, i'm upset that we still haven't seen the farm i was gonna say we still don't know pretty much anything about the farm at this point so kind of pointless what do you think about how they made polly seem like slightly unhinged i think that it was good because it gives the like I from this moment watching it for the first time I was like the farm is a cult it is like there's no other way it's anything else because it's terrifying the way she acts about it and so I think that it's good to give us that you know sense of hesitancy about the farm and to not believe it's just this like idyllic place I wonder where she heard about the farm like how did her and Jason find out about it yeah well I assume it was something through Jason because he was creepy selling drugs like maybe they sell drugs too I don't know well he was selling drugs just so they could go I think. I don't, I don't think he was, like, selling drugs all the time. Maybe anyway. he met someone at the gym who was like, oh, you know what would be better? Jason Blossom did farm. not go to the gym. He was so lanky. Okay, but he probably did a lot of cardio. Well, we've established he was on the water polo team, so. Cardio bunny. <laughs> the aquaholics. Wait, is that okay. what they're yes. called? Yeah. They, really I disturbing. must have blocked that out because that's horrifying. Uh, I also blocked it out. Interesting to see Veronica sad about the thought of her mom and dad not being together. I, I mean, this is kind of a thing that we get. Like, sometimes Veronica seems upset with her dad. Sometimes she seems happy. Like, even after he's been shot, she's all sad, and I don't understand why. Um, But she's still so innocent at this point to who he is. Like, do we think that Hiram was ever a legitimate businessman and a good guy? Or do we think that he, like, she's just super naive to his to his whole life? We know from the Midnight Club that he's never been a stand-up guy. He He's always been like trying to make his way no matter what. He was already doing drugs and stuff, selling drugs and stuff then. 
I think she's just naive. They, like, shielded her from it as much as possible. Also, okay, in light of, like, the fact that he's a shady businessman who is in jail, I still can't get over the fact that, like, why did Riverdale support him so wholeheartedly when he came here? Especially with the Ethel stuff that we, I think, are gonna get in a couple episodes. I don't think that happened yet. The, the Ethel stuff with her, with Hiram, like, basically leading to Ethel's father losing his job and all that. Like, you wouldn't think that, you would think Riverdale would be like, yeah, hey, um, we like you, Hermione but like, your husband was just in jail and I just feel like they would have I don't know not supported them as much well but they're from there though too which is like another element to it but I, I like I see your point and I agree with you it's it's an, something that doesn't make sense just I like just think everything else nowadays with how things are are just like in the media all the time like they're gonna know he was in jail and he came out and he was like he was put in jail for being a fraudulent businessman and I, I think even when he's let out they're kind of like oh he he served his time and he's gonna be good now I don't think that he was let out under the assumption that like he they had lied and that he didn't actually do those things I don't know it's a little I'm a little unclear on that still yeah I it just doesn't no it doesn't but I I do appreciate the fact that they are building Hermione up here to seem a little more self-sufficient and that she's actually willing to do things because pretty much throughout season two she seems very just subservient to Hiram and of course now that we know by season three that that's not necessarily the case I like that they at least put the seeds here of her being a little more independent we have the one scene in season two where she goes to meet our Archie and she's revealed as the person who's been making him do all these things and they're meeting at like a cliff's edge and so we get another little glimpse of that there oh yeah yeah I don't know I just I just don't buy it like I don't buy the fact that Hermione is like oh I was in charge all along like I don't think she was in charge all along no but they really try to make us believe that at a few points in this series yeah I also just feel like they have to show her as more in charge now because Hiram's in jail right. he can't be like someone has to be in charge right so yeah I guess that's true anyway all right well that's all I had written down for spoiler stuff did any, either of you have anything else not me okay I'll try um, to think well, of something thank you every <laughs> no this is Away. We're not doing. I had to do one anyway. plug. I bash on it so much. Bash it till you join uh, it, huh? I know. I did it. Like the thing is, I can think of them, but like when you guys have been doing them, I don't even recognize it at first. <laughs> anyway, all right, everyone. Thank you for joining us, and we will be back next week for our recap of episode seven. Until then, stay sexy. Uh, and whatever. All right. Until next time, keep on trying. Bye. <laughs> I'll punch you in the face. <laughs>